This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Age Changer Show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is David Furrow. This is my dad, Lynn Furrow, also founder of Summit Life, but then also my mom, Carmen Furrow. As we always say, our mission at Summit Life is to elevate, equip, and empower, elevate the church's vision to see our identity through Christ and his eternal purpose, equip believers to live with an eternal perspective as they passionately pursue their upward call in Christ, and empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles in faith-filled obedience. Now, Dad, we didn't get through everything yesterday. So yesterday, we were in Jesus the Age Changer Part 1. We're going to be continuing that for Age Changer Jesus the Age Changer Part (laughs) 2. And and yesterday you talked about Orville and Wilbur Wright and how through flight, they introduced the age of flight and they were like the frontier breaking through the age that was and breaking into the age to come, the age of flight. Um, And we talked about Jesus being the bondage breaker and the age changer, but how do we know that he's changed the age? That is a great question. And we're going to continue to plow into this and I just ask everybody to please lean in because you're going to hear some things that uh, are what I would call are more meaty. It's not milk. It's more meaty. And so uh, you have to have an ear to hear. And the beauty of this being on YouTube is you can listen to it multiple times and hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And... Uh, so that word is in the aorist tense. It means I I hear and rehear, and I keep listening, and I I keep inclining my ear to hear to where I develop an ear that can hear. And as you hear, then it helps you to hear a little bit more and to get it a little deeper and to hear a little bit more. Yeah. So in answering your question specifically, uh, there is an event. And if we were using scientific terms, it's called an event horizon. There was an event in human history that broke into our time and space. Mm -hmm. And it was the event that Paul said that as we pray for spiritual understanding, that we should pray that we comprehend and understand the significance of this event. Mm -hmm. And Paul, in Ephesians chapter 1, he said... I pray that the Holy Spirit would open up the eyes of your heart, that you would understand the hope that you've been called to in Mm -hmm. Christ, that you would understand the the riches of the glory that uh, is Christ in us. But then he said, I pray that you would understand and comprehend the revelation that's in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Mm Because it said that in that event, It was a demonstration of the power of God. And and one commentator put it this way. He said, there was a day in human history where God put on display all of his power. power. And make no mistake about it, that it says that this power, and I'm struggling not to become emotional when I talk about it right now, that God for us, so that we would trust and rely and believe yep. that he could deliver us out of this darkness, yeah. out of the age of death and darkness 
the age of death and dying, where everything dies, where everything is bound by corruption and everybody is limited by time. There was a day in human history where human history changed forever. And that our bondage breaker, where I was chained to an age and was without hope in the world, alienated from all hope, from all life, but God, who is rich in mercy, came and became the bondage breaker and the age changer. And in, and in liberating us from that age, we were, we were able then to experience life in a different form. We were able to experience true life, a life without limits, truly the God kind of life, eternal life in Christ. And that is uh, that, that event that, you know, defied all of what had been and that broke into time and space was the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And, you know, I said that it, uh, in scientific terms, we would call it an event horizon. And there's an author that I enjoy, Mark Batterson, who writes some very um, uh, good books that are filled with uh, wonderful illustrations and stories. He's a great storyteller, so he's easy to read. Uh, but Mark Batterson, in one of his books, he, he defined what an event horizon is. And he, he said, in the realm of general relativity, relativity, an event horizon is a point of no return. It's the point at which the gravitational pull of something becomes so great that it's impossible to escape. Yeah. You know, once the resurrection happened, there was no way that Satan could ever re-enslave mankind again and to reclaim and recapture him back to the old age and the old arrangement of the way it had always been since the fall of Adam and Eve. I want to read to to you a scripture, and you go, well, then you sometimes describe these things, but where is the biblical foundation? In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse, verse 9, the second half of verse 9 and 10, it says, I'm gonna, and I'm going to go ahead and, and read the whole thing. He said, he saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death, I want you to hear that. He abolished death in his resurrection. It was, again, a arbinger of an age that uh, is to come where there will be no more death. There will be no more dying. Every tear will be wiped away uh, from our eyes. There will be no pain, no fear of loss. But it says that in this moment of his own resurrection, it became the first fruits. It became a sign that indicated the age which was to come. And in his resurrection from the dead, he was the first man that died and death was not able to maintain Mm -hmm. its dominion over him. So he became the first to taste death for every man but he became the first fruits to taste 
of immortality and life. And it says that in that act of him being raised from the dead, fully embracing death, but then fully being raised in resurrection life, it says this, that in that act, he abolished death and then brought life and immortality to light now preached by and through the gospel. So what a powerful event horizon that 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 event now is pulling all of humanity towards Mm. God's eternal purpose. And not just the saved will be resurrected from the dead. Everybody partakes in the resurrection, some to life and others to damnation. But there is not one man that Satan has been able to hold in bondage through death that will not have death broken off of that being in that person Mm -hmm. that had experienced death. All will be made alive in Christ in the resurrection. Now, again, some to life and some to damnation. But the revelation of his life has brought to light an event horizon that is pulling everyone towards the the gravitational pull that is pulling us towards that event where everyone will be raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. So I want to answer the question specifically that you ask, how did Jesus actually change the age? Mm -hmm. And really drill down on that. Um, many years ago, I was watching a, I think it was a 60 Minutes episode, uh, where they were talking about Times Square. And Times Square, at that time, was the most visited tourist attraction in the entire world. Hmm. Matter of fact, New Yorkers have a statement about Times Square, and it shows how they have an elevated opinion of themselves. <laughs> but they say that Times Square is the center of the universe. (laughs) And so let's pray that God works a deeper level of humility (laughs) into those that live in New York City. But they were talking about all the things that Times Square represents to New York and and the activities that go on there. And so the cameraman that day in that segment was just kind of panning, you know, the, the sea of human faces and in this crossroads of America, uh, but one of the images that captivated me as a Christian was I saw this individual who obviously was a very religious, passionate person that was this individual that was on the street corner and he had two signs, placards, front and back, and the sign that he had on the front and the back read something like this, the judgment of the world is near. And then prepare to meet God. Something like that was on the front and back. Simple message. And then he was preaching, warning people. The judgment of the world is coming. The reason why I wanted to share that is that we have mindsets about the judgment of the world. And we mm-hmm. we think of the final judgment, the white throne judgment that we read about in the Revelation where it says that there was a great right throne and it is set, the books are open, uh, the sea and and the earth and all the dead are brought up and they're judged from the book. And and if you're not found written in the book, 
individuals are cast into hell, and we call that the great white throne judgment or the final judgment. But I'm going to say something that is controversial, and I'm not saying it to create controversy or for controversial sake. Uh, I want to maybe interrupt some of our train of thoughts and how we have viewed the judgment of the world. I do believe in a final white throne judgment. Mm -hmm. But is it too controversial for me to say that I believe that there is another application of this phrase and that the judgment of the world has already occurred? Hmm. I I have that. I had a brother in the Lord many years ago in one of the very first churches that I pastored that he would say to me at the end of a message as I was greeting him on the way out of church, he would say, well, preacher, you interrupted my train of thought at least once or twice. I hope that when I said that, that there's a part of this phrase that we can apply to our now, that there is a judgment of the world that has already occurred. Now, let me unpack that phrase, Mm -hmm. the judgment of the world. Many of the English translations use the term world uh, in talking about um, the term age, but they translated it in older English translations, world. And when we read it in the English, we relate to it more to the planet, more to the earth. And we're thinking that when it talks about the judgment of the world, we're thinking about the judgment of the planet. But actually, it is one of these two Greek words that we talked about in the last episode, that it's not talking about the earth or the physical natural planet at all. It's referring to a very specific Greek word called cosmos. And that is the Greek word that we derive this definition that we talked about last uh, in the last episode, that it refers to a distinct order and arrangement of authority that has dominion over a period of time that creates, you know, a climate and an environment and a condition for the people that live under that authority order and structure. Now, I'm going to have us go to a passage of Scripture, and I'm going to scripturally prove that there is an application for this term, the judgment of the world, and we're going to see that it's not some future reality, but there is an aspect of the judgment of the world or the judgment of an age, a specific age that Jesus was referring to in this passage that has already occurred. And you go, well, why would that have effect and influence on us? Why would we want to spend time even drilling down in the details of that? Because it has everything to do with how you live right now and the privileges and the promises and the presence of God that you can enjoy now because we're not waiting for a judgment to come, a a, a judgment to be made on our behalf mm. yeah. so that we can be delivered from the devil and the way he had arranged things after the fall. But you and I can enjoy the benefits of a judgment that God has brought upon the kingdom of darkness 
and the old order and arrangement that the enemy had created after the fall of Adam and Eve. So let's look at this passage of scripture. In John chapter 12, verse 31, discover the gospel of John. I'm sorry, I hadn't had my Bible open to that passage. But in John chapter 12, 31, so this is a moment where Jesus encounters the voice of God after he talks about how that the hour is come for him to suffer on the cross and to bear the sins of the world. And he says, I'm not going to ask you to save me from this hour, Father. Mm -hmm. He said, for this purpose, I came into the earth for this hour, and I've come to glorify your name. And then it says that God responded back to him uh, by seeing the son's willingness to to fulfill God's purpose of redemption uh, by the son giving up his life to do the will of the father and to redeem mankind. And the father uh, responds to him and he says, I have glorified your name and I will glorify it again. And some people said, what just happened? (laughs) Did it thunder or did an angel just speak to him? And Jesus answered. So listen at verse 30. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Or it's actually the Greek word cosmos that we could interpret it in the English word age. Now is the judgment of this age. The present order and arrangement, the way things work currently, where Satan as the the prince of this age, as the ruler of this age, and how he has created a kingdom of death and tyranny, a, a kingdom of fear that terrorizes and has subjugated the human race. He said, now is the judgment of the old order and arrangement of authority. He said, now will the ruler of this age, the ruler of this world be cast out or removed from his position and place of dominion and authority over mankind. He said this, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. In other words, he said, there's going to be a dawning of a new day Mm -hmm. for mankind. Mm -hmm. And there is going to be a new arrangement and a new order of authority and a new environment that's going to be created in the earth. No more under the dominion of death and darkness, but a, a dominion of life and light. That is going to come. And as I am lifted up and exalted and what I am doing and what I'm going to complete in the earth, in my mission with God in the earth to save mankind from Satan and sin and from death, as I am lifted up and exalted and as the king is put in his rightful place as Lord of life, then mankind will be saved from that dominion of death and darkness. Now, I want us to go just a couple pages over to John chapter 16. And we're going to see that Jesus didn't only say this once, 
but he talked about how the Holy Spirit would reemphasize this truth to us and lead us into the reality of the truth of what Jesus accomplished. So Jesus is getting ready to leave and he's comforting the disciples, securing their hearts. And in verse seven, he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is going to be to your advantage that I go away. And I know that was an incomprehensible statement to Mm -hmm. the disciples. How could it be better that Jesus would leave us? But he said, it's going to be important that I go away for the helper, the parakletos will come. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, there are three things that he said he would convince us of. It says that he would convince or open our eyes to see, convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Nine, concerning sin because they do not believe on me, the root of every sin Mm -hmm. is our unbelief. Because they do not believe on me. Verse 10, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. The Holy Spirit is going to bring the continued revelation of the righteousness of God, even though we don't see its physical manifestation in the form of an earthly God-man. But the Holy Spirit was going to continue to secure the hearts of the people of God in the reality of a righteousness of God that comes by faith, Mm. not by human effort. But then listen at verse 11, victory over sin and a righteousness that comes by faith and a conviction to understand that sin is dealt with and that righteousness has been established, Mm -hmm. comes out of an understanding concerning judgment Because the ruler of this world, the ruler of this age, is judged, past tense. Not waiting for a day in which the devil someday will be judged, Mm -hmm. someday be cast out, someday be displaced, someday his his, uh, kingdom and its, its authority over mankind would be dismantled. But Jesus said one of the primary responsibilities of the Holy Spirit will be to help you see Mm. that a judgment has occurred and that for this purpose was the Son of God manifested to destroy the work and the workmanship, the apparatus which Satan had created. He was the Son of God was going to destroy it, obliterate it completely to where Satan no longer has power. Yeah. to destroy our lives Thank through you, sin and the bondage of fear. We're going to stop right there. <laughs> well, that was good. Well, guys, uh, thanks for being with us today. If you'd like to find out more about Summit Life Ministries, feel free to look at us at summitlifeministries.com. If you'd like to just get more content and follow along, you can reach us at Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's probably where you're watching us right now. Make sure you follow and subscribe. Guys, if you have questions about today's uh, episode, put your questions in the comments or direct message us. We are going to be answering everybody's questions tomorrow. Yeah, or some of them. We'll get to the ones we can. (laughs) We'll we'll get to more than we did last time. (laughs) But, uh, guys, thank you for being with us today. We love you guys, and God bless. Bless you guys.
What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.